morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Huddle for another Money Monday. We have some great stuff to talk about today, and we have a fantastic guest that's going to be sharing some details with uh, with you guys and, and spending this morning with you. You know, in, in the interest of talking about uh, about cars and car purchases, um, I, I, I will never, ever buy a car or buy an electric car from a dealership. You know why? Why? Because they charge too much. <laughs> The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. Good morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us this Monday. Today, we're going to talk about unleashing and unlocking, maybe both, the secrets of the automotive industry and how to get the absolute best deal. We've got a, a guest here today. His name is Freddie Willis. So, uh, again, we're excited today to talk about one of the things that some people love to do, some people hate to do, but that's buying a car. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, we all have this, or maybe we all don't. It's just Kimberly has this feeling that uh, the car people are out to get her, right? They're out and to that get they're going to take advantage of her every single chance they get, and she's not going to get a good deal. Um, and we were blessed to meet uh, Freddie and his and his family uh, a few years ago now, and uh, he has come on board as a part time partner with uh, with HGI and is helping families with their finances. So that's proof in the pudding that all car people don't want to hurt your finances, right? Um, <laughs> But, uh, but Freddie has spent years from sales to management to all, and he knows the ins and outs and backwards and forwards of how that process works. And so I can't imagine there's anybody that, that's better to hear these details. And then I can't wait for the Q&A at the end. That's when it's going to be really fun. So I know. Uh, I can't wait either. But, uh, but I'll, give, I'll turn it over to Freddie. Good no, friend no, 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 I'll turn it over to Kimberly so she can, she can give you more details about Freddie. But uh, I'm going to read you his official bio because right. I, should, I should do give that. Give it to so. us. Freddie um, is passionate about his family, traveling, living life to the fullest, and helping people realize their dreams. He spent over 20 years in the automotive industry before going into financial services. He learned quickly just how his love for helping people with their automotive needs was the driving factor in his career and took that same passion for serving others into financial services, where the dreams are much bigger and so is the joy in serving his clients. Freddie and his wife, Margaret, Maggie live in Greer, South Carolina, and their daughter, um, who's a sophomore um, at Riverside, and their son's a senior at Clemson. They have instilled their drive and tenacity into their children and encourage every, everyone to live life completely. They love spending time with friends and family and traveling all over. So I want to introduce you guys to my friend, Freddie, and I want Freddie to teach us how to unlock the secrets and how to get the best deal in, in the automotive industry. Freddie, you know me pretty well, and I don't like buying a car because I like to win, and I don't ever feel like I win when I buy a car. <laughs> so my goal for you today is to introduce yourself, tell us all the tips and tricks that we need to know. Um, a lot of people, you told me just the other day that, that the end of the year is the busiest time in the car business. So tell us why. So in the car business, the last week of the year is actually considered the 13th month. 
um, because generally a dealership will sell as many cars in that one week as they will an entire month throughout the normal year. Um, mainly, you've got a boatload of business owners who are trying to get that last minute tax um, tax advantage in and, and they'll come and buy a car. They need to spend some money for their taxes before the year's over. And so we sell a ton of cars that last week. Um, it gets a little insane. <laughs> well, thank you for taking some time today to teach us how to win. <laughs> so, so how do you want to start this? Tell, tell me, um, tell me some secrets. Well, you know, the biggest secret is to actually realize when you're getting a good deal. Um, we see so many people that come in. Um, the car business has changed over the years so much. Um, you know, I, I did it for almost 25 years. And when I first got in the car business, it was all about finding out how much money you could make on every single deal and make as much money as you could. And if you sold eight to 10 cars a month as a salesperson, you could probably make 120, 130 grand a year because you're absolutely just destroying people. And that's the way it was. And it worked. It was very profitable. It, it made for a great living. But as the age of technology came around and the internet got a lot more popular, people were able to start doing more research. Um, you know, KBB was the first one to come online. Now you can actually go and you can look up NADA values, which is now JD Byrider. Um, you can look up Black Book. You can even look up Mannheim auction data and see what wholesale value is on a car and get a rough idea about what dealers are paying for it. So there's a there's a lot that goes into that. <clears throat> but with technology and with the age of the Internet, the dealers have had to make a shift. So there's still there's two types of dealers out there. You've got dealers that are stuck in the past. And those are going to be your smaller dealerships. They're going to be selling 20 to 25 used cars a month, sometimes 30. Um, not, not, you know, tearing the grass off the ball by any means, but they're probably making a very hefty profit on every car they sell. And they happen to sell a couple here and there. And just people who aren't doing research aren't, aren't looking to do anything. But then you've got some of your major players. And depending on where you live, that's going to be different dealerships, right? Um, you know, in Greenville, we've got a road they call the Motor Mile. It's it's a nickname. It's not on any data that says, hey, this is the Motor Mile. It's just that's what everybody calls it because it's where all of your car dealerships are. And your big franchise dealers is, is really where it's at. Um, from the used car standpoint, they use a lot of different tools to go out and find what the cars are actually selling for. Right. So if I if I trade for a car tonight and that car I know is supposed to sell for eighteen thousand dollars, then tomorrow that car is going online for eighteen thousand dollars. Right. It doesn't matter what I paid for the car. If I buy the car for twelve thousand dollars, then I'm going to make a really good deal. But if I have to step up to trade somebody the car for sixteen thousand dollars, I'm not going to make that good of a deal because the car is valued to sell at eighteen no matter what. So a lot of your big dealers now, they price straight off the market instead of from cost. Um, and all the dealerships that I've been associated with over the last eight to 10 years, that was how we did it. So really, the first part of getting a great deal is, is learning where to do your research, right? That's the biggest one of all. 
And one of the best tools, and it's going to be kind of funny, and I'm not trying to advertise them at all, but I love them. Um, I love them in the business. I love them from a, from a client perspective is go to car gurus. If you know about what kind of car you want, go to a site like that. That'll show you where that car falls in the market, right? It's going to show you if it's a fair deal, a good deal, a great deal. It'll actually give you a number how far above or below market something is. So you might ride through a lot one night and look at a truck or a car and say, oh, that's pretty. And you go home and you look up on their website and you see and you think, oh, that's a that's a pretty good deal. And then you start doing your research on it and you pull up a website like Car Gurus and it says it's overpriced by $4,500. Well, it seemed like a good deal, but now we know that it's priced way above the market. And that's not something that you'd want to invest in at all. Um, but there's a ton of cars out there, especially from dealers that sell a lot of cars and that are priced well below the market. Um, and I know that I've I've gotten y'all in one or two of those over the years. <laughs> it always helps to know somebody. Um, that, I still don't easy. feel like I'll win with you. I just feel like maybe a little better. <laughs> that's the that's the easiest and fastest way is to know somebody. Um you know, but the, the biggest thing is just doing your research, knowing what you're looking for. Um, set a budget before you start. If, if you're married or have a significant other, have that conversation and know, you know, if we're if we're paying cash, our, our budget's twenty five thousand dollars. If we're financing, we don't want to go over four fifty five hundred dollars a month and really stick to it and, and figure out what kind of vehicle or if you're looking at payment, figure out how much money that means. Right. Because if you set a payment, I want to be no more than four fifty five hundred dollars a month. You don't want to go out and start looking at thirty, thirty five thousand dollar cars because you're going to love each and every one of them because they're all outside of your budget. So then when you get to the cars that are actually in your budget, you don't like them anymore because they're ten thousand dollars less expensive and they have ten thousand dollars less features on them. And that that happens all the time. Customers come in and they'll go look at a a $60,000 uh, Infinity product. And what they really need to be looking at is a $20,000 Nissan Altima. You know, and <clears throat> that's where we come in now. Um, car guys now are more about trying to teach the client what they're actually looking for, finding out their needs and wants, and really guide them in the right direction. It's, it's become more of a consultative approach than a salesperson approach over the years. Um, personally, I think it's been a wonderful thing. It's, it's very non-confrontational now. Um, the going back and forth stuff is, is all but gone. Most of your dealers who are trying to sell a lot of vehicles are pricing well below market. You know, when you go in, there may only be a couple hundred dollars worth of room to negotiate on a vehicle, which is very odd from the way we were trained growing up. Our parents taught us. I remember as a young kid, my dad went to a bookstore and bought a book on what vehicles were worth. And then he went shopping for a car. I remember that very vividly. I think that book was about that thick. It was crazy. Um, but that's the way his dad had taught him to buy a car. And so that's what he did. Um, you know, the other thing you really want to do there when you're shopping for a car, a big one, and people don't think about it a lot, is really shop for your financing rate. Right. Um, Let's talk about that. Well, especially right now, rates are up on everything. They're up on mortgages, 
they're up on personal loans. Auto loans are no different. Um, people that would get approved last year and, you know, you might could get them a two and a half, 2.9% rate for 72 months. Those people right now are paying anywhere from six, nine to eight, nine. So rates have really gone up. Um, and there's a lot of good resources out there that you can do from home to know where you're at and what you need to be looking at. Um, you can always go to your local credit union. They always have great rates. Um, do we you deal think with that a, they usually have the, the, the least expensive rates? Yes and no. It's a double-edged sword. Um, and it depends on what credit unions you're talking about, right? Almost all credit unions advertise better rates than anybody else's. And most of them can get you a better rate than anybody else. But there's some caveats to that, right? A lot of people don't want to put a ton of money down when buying a car. A lot of your credit unions on their advertised rate want to finance 80% loan to value. And that's based off of a wholesale value, not a retail value. So if you're not looking to put 20% of a car down, you're not going to qualify for that rate. Or it may only be at 36 months. But there's a lot of banks that you can go online. Bank of America is one of them. Chase is one of them. Um, Capital One is one of them. You can go online and actually fill out an application and send it to the dealership that you're looking at a vehicle. And they'll be able to pull that up in their computer system. And you already have your best rate locked in at that point. And it's never going to be as, as inexpensive of a rate as your credit unions advertise. But it will be one of the best rates that you'll get going through a dealership and doing their financing process. That's that is the absolute best way to get the best rate. So it sounds like that from that perspective, and I know you can't see me, but you can hear me. It sounds like from this perspective that um, we really need to do our research in advance. And that's really what's going to make the biggest difference. It's not about going in and beating up the guy that's trying to make a living there. It's about knowing what you're paying and knowing what you're buying and what it's worth and, and knowing your budget going in. Um, I Absolutely. did have that question. It used to be that, you know, if you walked into a dealership and said, I'm paying cash or I've already got my financing worked out, that that was a positive tool in negotiation. Is there truth to the fact that the, the dealerships would prefer, and I know the answer to this, but they would actually prefer the deal where they're going to be doing the financing or is that is that not the case? Absolutely. The dealership always prefers um, that, that we do the financing in-house. Um, you know, there's, a, there's several reasons for that. One of the biggest is the bank pays the dealership a small, a small fee in order to do the, to do the loan in the dealership. Um, so that benefits the dealer. Um, and, you know, most of the time, people are, most of the people we deal with are all payment driven, right? And so if you go, to, you go to your credit union and you arrange all your financing there, and let's say you're approved for a $30,000 loan, that's great. You come and pick out a car and you want to negotiate on that car. But in actuality, you have absolutely no idea where you're negotiating to. Because yeah. we, we don't know where the payment's going to end up. We don't know how much money the credit union is going to require you to put down, so on and so forth. There's a ton of variables that go into that. So we'd always, we would always, from a, from a dealership perspective, we'd always like the customer to, to go through our financing process. It's a lot easier um, and it actually saves the customer a lot of time as well. There's no driving back and forth from one bank to another and back to the dealership and then 
then the bank wants to see the car. So you come back to the dealership, take the car to the bank and then come back. <laughs> it just, I mean, you know, and some people still do it and they might save a dollar a month doing all that. But, uh, you know, you're going to end up wasting five or six hours of your life that you just never get back. <clears throat> so I have a question for people like me who really want to win. You guys have to know that, right? Like you have to know that some people are coming in and they need to they argue fight. and they got to have the fight and they got to say no and they got to keep pushing it back. Right. And, and doing all this stuff. You guys know that, right? So you know how to let me win at the end of the day. We know what to do. <laughs> that's generally that's generally when a manager is going to get up and come out and talk to you um and you know if, if there's a little bit of room in the deal to let you win that's always the easiest thing to do a couple hundred dollars here a couple hundred dollars there um it gets tough when when you have the wrong expectation when you really want to win and your definition of a win is you expect four thousand dollars taken off of it well you know most dealers these days and and when I used to desk deals, and when I say desk a deal, print out all the numbers and show a customer all the information, I would print out a wholesale value on the car. I'd print out your JD buy router, your black book, your KDB values. I'd even print out a market report to show you that there's only one other vehicle just like this in 250 miles that's any less expensive. And it has 30,000 more miles on it. You know, if you'd like that vehicle, I can certainly give you directions and tell you how to get there. But you know, sometimes you just have to realize when you're actually getting a good deal. And that's where the preparation part comes in. When you're doing your research before you go out and before you put yourself in that situation, where people really mess up is when they don't do their research and they go to the dealership and they climb in a car and they absolutely love it and their emotions take over and they will sign absolutely anything you put in front of them. And then tomorrow morning, they wake up with an $1,100 car payment and they think, oh, my God, what have I done? Uh-huh. Well, you got a really nice car in the driveway, <laughs> but that car payment is going to hurt every single month. Yeah. And yeah, in the state of South Carolina, there's no cooling off period. There's no, well, I changed my mind. I think I'm going to bring it back. No, sir, you're an owner. I hope you sleep well. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the way that it works. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, we're going to open up our Q&A, um, and I think you'll probably have a few hands raised here. Uh, I, I want to start uh, with my my one question, and then we'll we'll go, and this may, uh, but what's your take? Um, just on the surface, if I'm buying a used car, what's your take on extended warranties from the dealership? Oh, <clears throat> it depends. <laughs> it does. Um, I am a huge advocate of extended service contracts. Um, from a compliance perspective, that's what I will call them because a warranty by definition is something free that comes with a product that you buy and a service service contract costs extra. (laughs) So, but that is the same thing. It is what we're talking about. Um, I'm a huge advocate for them. I have them on all of my vehicles. Um, For me, it is purely a, a simplicity issue. If something goes wrong with one of my vehicles, my wife's, my son's, whatever it is, take it to the shop. You don't need to call me. You don't need to call me for the credit card, call the tow truck, have them come get it. And it's all taken care of. And I don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, But, you know, one of the ways you have to see that is there are certain aspects of the vehicle that you're responsible for. You just need to choose how you want to pay for them. Right. You're responsible for all mechanical, electrical breakdowns, whatever it is, you're responsible for them as long as you own that vehicle. 
Now, if you choose to pay for that in one lump sum when it happens, you can certainly do that. Or you can pay for it monthly when you purchase the car and get an extended service contract on it. The one thing I will caution people to do is be very careful when they're going through that paperwork. Um, most of the time, there is going to be a little bit of negotiating room on an extended service contract, and you can save yourself some money. Um, if you feel like it's way too much, don't be afraid to ask. I mean, the worst thing they can say is no. Mm -hmm. A good rule of thumb there is a lot of times the more expensive the vehicle is, the fancier it is, the more equipment that's on it, the more expensive that's going to be. And and on that real quick, I would definitely caution people about buying third party service contracts, especially the people who call you on the phone 300 times a day. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think they still call me on a vehicle. I had eight, eight vehicles ago, um, but a lot of those are really not worth the paper they're printed on. So just be careful of what you're getting. Always buy something like that from a reputable dealership. Um, a franchise dealership is normally the way to go there. And read the fine print, right? Make sure Always you know what read it's going to Yep. Awesome. Um, what questions do we have? Okay, Stacy, can you unmute and answer? Ask. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Thank you uh, for all of this. This is really good. So with that, um, that last comment about reading the fine print, I mean, who is really awesome and who really does that you know um does that really <clears throat> thoroughly so my question is uh should i have my lawyer look at it so and the state's laws are all different on this um and i'll only speak to south carolina um but in south carolina you do have the right to take all of the paperwork that you're going to be asked to sign and have it reviewed at an attorney's office um you have the right to do that Really, my suggestion there is, is going to be deal with somebody that you can actually trust because um, maybe half a percent, if that, take the time to read through all that paperwork. Um, in, in fact, in 25 years, I couldn't tell you how many cars I've been a part of, how many car deals, but I think I've maybe seen somebody read all of the paperwork at the dealership maybe three times. It doesn't happen very often. Um, you, what you want to pay attention to is the um, the important parts. So on a finance contract, you want to pay attention to the truth in lending disclosure box. There's a box should be right towards the top. Tells your interest rate, how much interest you'll pay over the course of the loan. It'll have your down payment in there. Everything will be figured out how much you're going to spend over the life of that loan. And that'll be in there. When it comes to an extended service contract or a gap product or a even a maintenance product, go to the coverage area real quick and check it out. On an extended service contract, I always recommend an exclusionary product. Um, and what that means is it's a policy that covers everything on the car with an exception of a list. And that list will be out there. And normally that's going to mimic um, what people like to call a bumper to bumper warranty when a car is brand new. If you go with an exclusionary policy when it comes to an extended service contract, you won't lose. The only thing it's not going to cover are your wearable parts, tires, brake pads, things of that nature, which we all should expect to have to replace anyway. <laughs> I want you to do it. <laughs> great, great question, Stacey. <laughs> what other questions do we have? I saw a hand, but it went away. Did I see a hand? Yeah, I have a question. Oh, there you are. I was like, where did you go? Okay, so 
what one of the biggest concerns I've always had is the depreciation of car, the depreciation of value. And, you know, my wife is a stickler to buy a brand new car, but I am not the guy that buy a brand new car. So tell me what comes in the calculation of the depreciation value. I mean, you drove the car out of the lot. My dog is screaming here. You got uh, the car out of the lot and you know, you automatically depreciate. What comes into the depreciation? Oh. Well, you know, one of the one of the biggest things you have to keep in mind there <clears throat> from a dealership perspective, we buy it wholesale and sell at retail. Right. So when you buy a vehicle at retail, even if you get a great deal, you're still paying at least some type of product uh, of profit, <clears throat> even if it's just the profit that we've made from from a pack on the vehicle or the service that we spent on the vehicle, something like that. There's still a little bit of profit in there. So if you were to take it to another dealership that day and go to trade it in, they're going to try to pay you a wholesale value for it because they can't pay retail. So a lot of that is really going to be perception more than anything. Now, when you buy a vehicle, it does depreciate us more so in a brand new vehicle. Um, but that's going to go right back into doing the research on whether to buy a new or used vehicle with some brands um, that are notorious for selling a lot of cars. And unfortunately, we can't really compare the last two years with COVID um, because that sent the automotive industry through the roof. Um, but there's some vehicles where you're actually better off buying a brand new car than you would be buying one that's a year old because you can actually buy it a little less expensive. Um, because the manufacturers incentivize the dealers to sell them so fast and so many of them. Um, now, that has not been the case the last couple of years. COVID shut the supply chain down. And when the supply goes down, the demand was there and the prices went through the roof. Um, so that's not been the case. But the market is in the middle of a crash right now in the automotive industry. Um, I expect that to be back full fledged by probably March, April. Um, I think you'll see a lot of advertised specials, rebates, interest rates, things of that start coming back around March or April. Awesome. Well, we are running out of our time, but we are super excited that you guys joined us today. To me, this is always a fascinating conversation because I I, I want to know, and I think it stems from the way things used to be, right? And, and knowing you had to go in and just be that toughest nails negotiator and hearing that the world isn't quite that way anymore. I know in reality, we know that, right? With all of our, uh, all the things you can look at online and Zach's always like, I've already looked at all the numbers. I'm like, but you have to just ask one more time for a little bit more. So <laughs> I appreciate you um, shedding some light on that. Maybe, maybe you save yourself or, or somebody else some, um, some, some Kimberly drama in the future. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Thanks for joining us. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel to help you reach your potential each day. 
sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time.